Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. More information about First Baptist Church can be found at www.fbcalamo.com. All right, as our kids head on back to Kids Church, I'm going to invite you to take your Bible and go with me to 1 John. We're going to pick right up where we were back in, where we finished back right before Thanksgiving, and uh, we're going to pick up in 1 John chapter 4, and we'll spend the next uh, seven or eight weeks here in in 1 John, and then uh, we will spend seven or eight weeks walking through Hosea a little bit later on this spring, and then in the summer we're going to walk through some basic Baptist beliefs. Uh, before finishing up the year in First Timothy. So there's 2018 for you. All right. So mark your calendars um, because Christmas will be here before we know it. All right. I've already checked. It's coming on December 25th this year. So uh, just just go ahead and mark that day down. That way, you know, it. Doesn't, that way maybe it won't sneak up on you this this next year. Now, so let's recap really quickly. First uh, John, since it's been a couple of months since we've been here, First uh, John is written by John the Apostle, one of the twelve disciples of Jesus. Um, he was a lead elder in the early church in Jerusalem, and then when the temple was destroyed by the Roman Empire in around 70 A.D., John relocated to the city of Ephesus, where he became an elder, maybe even the, the lead pastor of the church there in Ephesus, the, the same church where Timothy would later serve as pastor. And uh, th- this church in Ephesus is one of the most important churches in the New Testament, because we know that Paul spent time there. And wrote a letter, the letter of Ephesians that we walked through uh, now almost two years ago. Uh, and then we know that both John and Timothy served the church. Uh, Paul writes his letters, First and Second Timothy, to, to Timothy, who's serving as pastor or, or a pastor there. And then we know that it's the first of the seven churches who received a letter from Jesus himself through the Apostle John in Revelation chapter 2. So I say all that to say... This, this church here, where, where John's sending this letter, is, uh, it's an important church in the New Testament. They, they had a lot, of, uh, a, lot, a lot of things happen to them, a lot of struggles throughout the years. And, and as we've seen already in 1 John, there have been some false teachers who've come in and kind of tried to start spreading some, uh, some teachings about Christ that were not accurate, saying that he either really didn't come in flesh as, as a person, um, or, or teaching that really uh, all flesh is evil, there's nothing good about you at all, and so Jesus could not have come as, as a person, uh, or, or some of them even saying, well, well, when Jesus was baptized, the Spirit of God came on him and then left him right at the time that, that he was about to die on the cross, and, and so therefore Jesus didn't die as God in human flesh. He just died as another man like us. And John's writing this letter to to counteract both of these false teachings, saying, no, these are absolutely false. We we want you to know this real Christ Jesus who was God-made man and and who came to forgive our sins. So that's where that's where we find ourselves this morning as Paul's gonna or John, excuse me, is gonna continue to address these false teachings. Teachings, and so if you will stand with me and let's read together John, or First John, chapter four, verses one through six, and the the uh, verses will be on the screen. Let's read them aloud together. John writes, "Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God, 
because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning. We pray that you will open your word to us in the next few moments. That we would have this discernment to know spirits that are from you, teaching that's from you and teaching that's not. And as we're bombarded each and every day with messages, will you give us your spirit to know which messages we can trust, which ones are from you, and which ones we should reject or even actively fight against. Guard our hearts and our minds in the truth that is in Christ Jesus. We ask all these things in his precious name. Amen. And thank you. You can have a seat. So one of the key things that we're looking at this morning is discernment, how we can know what messages are coming from God and and what messages are not coming from God, even though they might mask themselves in uh, preachers or or in a message, someone would claim to be a word from the Lord. How how can we know the difference in that? And what we're going to see this morning, our kind of overarching point here this morning is if we're not discerning about the things we let in our lives, we will be deceived by the world. If we're not discerning about the things we let in our lives, we will be deceived by the world. And and I would say this is as important today as it's ever been in the history of the New Testament church because we live in a unique time where through the digital age and through uh, the internet and social media, anyone can build a platform for themselves to declare whatever message they want, regardless of the truthfulness or the validity of that message. In fact, our culture right now seems to have almost this obsession with fake news, right? So how do I know what's real and how do I know what's not real? And and so as as believers, we need to be discerning. We need to be, we need to have wisdom to know those messages that are true versus those messages that are not. Now, as I said, this church here in Ephesus is an important church, but but certainly not a perfect church. In the letter that's written from Jesus to this church in Revelation chapter 2, his primary criticism, he says, is that they have abandoned the love they had at first. Somehow, they were distracted or deceived, and they lost sight of their first love Christ Jesus for something else. In fact, Paul recognized many years before John's letter to them that they were in danger of being deceived. And this is what we see in Acts chapter 20. Paul is addressing the elders at the church in Ephesus and he says this, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. 
Okay? So he says, I want you to be on guard. Be on guard for the flock because there are... Um, because there are people who are going to try to come in and infiltrate the church. So you need to be on guard. And, and in fact, Paul's going to write this same church later on in his letter to uh, F, the church at Ephesus. And he says this, Pay careful attention then to how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So in both these passages of scripture here that that are addressed to this church in Ephesus. Paul's telling them you need to be on guard, be watchful, be careful, pay attention to how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. We need wisdom and we need discernment. And so the question for us this morning is how do we do that? How do we as followers of Christ use this wisdom, use this discernment to, to know and, and, and filter through these messages that the world claims are from God? How, how do we know what messages really are from God? Well, the first thing we need is spiritual discernment. Look with me at verses 1 through 3 in 1 John chapter 4. We need spiritual discernment. John's writing, he says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, now let's stop right there. Right there, he, he tells us something that, that your mom or your dad probably told you as a child. My parents certainly told me, don't believe everything you hear. Right? So when your friend comes and tells you that he has a Batmobile on Mars, you should probably not believe him. Right? No matter how much he, he swears up and down, oh, I've got a Batmobile on Mars. No, no. Your mom and dad would say, don't believe everything you hear. And yet, how many of us, or how how many among us in our culture, are willing to believe any kind of sensational news bit that comes across Facebook or Twitter? And and in case you haven't noticed, this is creating disruptiveness all through our culture. It's, It's disrupting everything, because somebody will put something on social media, and we latch on to it. Why? Because it sounds juicy. Because it sounds like fun. And because it confirms something that we might have already suspected. It confirms biases that we've already had. John says, don't be like that. As a follower of Christ, you cannot afford to be gullible and you cannot afford to be ignorant. We need discernment. See, there are many, many bad messages in the world. And so we need to have discernment to know how we can, uh, what voices we need to listen to, what voices we need to ignore, and, and even maybe some voices that we need to speak out against. And then John continues in verse 2. He says, this is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now, it is already in the world. So so John tells us, okay, we need discernment. Don't believe every spirit, but test them. You need discernment to test the spirits. And and here's your first test. Do they confess Jesus as Lord? If not, right off the bat there, you can dismiss what they're saying because it's not based in truth. This is especially true within the church culture today. So if you, if you watch any um, preachers on TV, I would say you need to be very careful 
to listen to what they say. And if they're not standing, first of all, in the word of God, and, and um, a, a big marker of that is whether or not they actually use this book, or if they just stand up there and, and their sermon looks a whole lot more like a TED Talk than a, than a, a sermon, be very careful. Be very wary of preachers who don't ever actually use the Bible. Because they're probably not preaching the actual gospel. See, I, I preach the way I do for two reasons. For one, I'm not smart enough to do it any other way. Okay? So, so I, I, can, I can stand here and I can say, okay, this is what the Bible says, and now here's what this means to us. Next verse, here's what the Bible says. Here's what this means for us. I'm not smart enough to do it any other way, but, but here's the other side of that too. I, I feel like I'm too smart to do it any other way. Because at the end of the day, what you need to hear is not my opinion, not whatever really bright idea I had that week. What, what we need to hear is what God's already said. And that's found right here. And our world desperately needs to hear what God's already said. Um, so when it comes to this, this idea of truth, the Bible's going to declare time and time again the, the one truth that we can hang our hat on as followers of Christ is that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He was God, made man who came, lived a perfect, sinless life, died uh, a perfect death for you and for me. Now, our world doesn't understand this because our, our world wants to say, well, in the end, all religions basically teach the same thing. And so it doesn't really matter if, you're, if you claim to be a Christian or, or if you want to be a Buddhist or, or if you want to follow Hinduism or, or even, even if you want to follow the teachings of Muhammad and, and Islam. In the end, everything is going to wind up and we're all going to wind up in the same spot. Anyway, the problem is they don't all teach the same thing. And if they don't all teach the same thing, we're obviously not all on the same road heading to the same place. I was reminded of this truth yesterday when uh, um, we were talking about, for a minute, about our trip that we took this past summer to Phoenix to the Southern Baptist Convention. And, and we were talking about going through Las Cruces, and Noah didn't quite understand what we said. He said, wait, did, did you say that we went to Cloudcroft to get to Phoenix? I said, No. <laughs> So that's, that's going way out of the way. See, if I tell you to start driving east, you're not going to wind up in Phoenix. The road that we're on matters. And then in, in today's culture, we have this really weird phenomenon that, that I think is fairly new in, in world history. And that is that, that we don't want to just say, okay, well, so I'm, I'm going to be a Buddhist or I'm going to be a Hindu or I'm going to be a Christian. We start marrying some of these things. Like, and, and you end up saying, like what one lady I heard in, in Albuquerque who said, well, I'm a Christian, but I use Buddhism to center myself. And as we walked up to her house, she had statues of Buddha sitting out on her front porch. And, and so you can imagine my shock when she said, no, I'm a Christian. I, I believe that Jesus died to, to pay for my sins, but, 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 but I, I just use Buddhism to, to center myself. And we didn't have time for me to sit there and go, what? If our discernment's not based in the word of God, if our wisdom's not based in the word of God, we're, we're going to be 
We're going to miss this boat. And so, so then the question is, okay, if I need this discernment, the spiritual discernment, and it comes from the word of God, how can I get it? Where, where do I find it? And, and the Bible is very clear about this. On, on your own, you can't. You can't be smart enough to get this kind of discernment. This, this doesn't come from a school. This doesn't come with degrees. Because the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 2, 14 says, But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit because it is foolishness to him. He's not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. So here's the truth. Unless you are a follower of Christ, unless you've been saved by Christ's sacrifice in your place, unless you've surrendered your life to his leading, you can't have this kind of discernment. And and so listen, if this is you, if you're trying to to, to follow Christ on your own, you've never laid your life down and asked him to come in and forgive your sins and to be your savior, that's step one today. I'm going to use an old old preacher term. If that's you today, you you need to get saved. That's that's the bottom line. Because you'd say, I'm not sure there's ever been a moment in my life where I've said yes to Christ Jesus. I'm I'm tired of living life on my own. I'm done. I surrender my life to you that's step one today, and we stand to sing here in just a minute. I'd love to meet you right down in front and tell you how, how you can be saved today, what that looks like. In fact, not only is the world wholly unable to have this kind of spiritual discernment, the, the Bible says it's even foolishness to them. So 1 Corinthians 1.18, Paul writes, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it's the power of God to us who are being saved. You ever been in a conversation with somebody and, and you tell them you're a Christian and you just like see this look come across their face? Or maybe even they've said it, oh, you're one of those. So, so you mean to tell me you believe that, that a guy died and then came back from the dead? And my answer to that is, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's foolishness to the world. But to us who are being saved, that's the very linchpin that holds everything together. Without it, without the resurrection, everything else crumbles. So, follower of Christ, hear me here. We need this spiritual discernment that you cannot have on your own apart from Christ. But that's not all. That's that's step one. Okay? When the Spirit comes in, you're going to have supernatural discernment in, in some areas of your life that you didn't even know existed before. But that's, but that's not all. We're, we're not suddenly granted magically the power to know everything that's right and everything that's wrong. And so the, the second thing that we need so that we can determine that we can have this wisdom to know these messages that are from God, these messages that are not from God, comes in verses 4 through 6. And that is we need sound doctrine. We need sound doctrine. Uh-oh, preachers get fixing and start talking theology. You know, I have some preachers who've been told uh, by, by their churches, you know, we, we don't want to hear theology. We just want you to preach the Bible. <laughs> Here's the problem with, with that. You can't preach the Bible and not preach theology. Theology is simply a belief about God. And, and, and doctrine is another word that, that means the same thing. Doctrine means beliefs, right beliefs. We, we want to make sure that our beliefs are in accordance with the scripture. We have to be constantly on guard against error. 
We can't have discernment unless we have the spirit of Christ within us. But we also need to know what we believe about the Bible, what we believe about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, what we believe about the church, what we believe about mankind and about sin. And that's why, as I said earlier, this summer we're going to spend some time walking through some of these things, particularly what what we believe as Baptists. But, But here's the thing. You don't have to depend upon myself or another teacher to tell you what to believe. You have the ability as a follower of Christ to dig into the scriptures on your own and in a small group of believers to know what God's word says. Not only do you have the ability, I believe you have the responsibility to dive into God's word on your own. In the year 1517, when Martin Luther posted his 95 theses on the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany. Do do you know what led to him having that moment of of revelation where he split off from the Catholic Church? He read his Bible. He read his Bible. And the more he read his Bible and the more he heard things taught in, in, in his church, he realized that there was a disconnect And so he read his Bible more, and he listened more, and and he realized there was more of a disconnect. And he reached a point where he said, if if push comes to shove, I believe this book more than what any person says. Believers, there's great danger when we don't know what this book says. I think that's why thousands of people flock every weekend to hear preachers who will say nothing more than, man, you're awesome. God, God's so happy with who you are. And in fact, the, the, the way for, for you to make God more happy is to be more like you. And if you just follow God, man, you'll, you'll be happy and you'll be healthy and, and maybe even rich. And God's just going to make all your dreams come true. Amen. Let's pray. Are you kidding me? Why is that so attractive? Well, for one thing, it sounds nice, right? Man, he's right. I am awesome. That's, that's, that's good. And not only does he think I'm awesome, God thinks I'm awesome. Sweet. What's wrong with that? It's not what this word says. This word says, the Bible says that you and I are completely hopeless apart from Christ. None's righteous. No, not once. No, you're not awesome. You're awful. Jesus is awesome. The way we become awesome is by losing ourselves and finding ourselves in Christ. The end. That's it. We need to know these things. And so sound doctrine starts by knowing the word of God. Unless you know what this book really says, you, you and I will be susceptible to being misled by somebody who can take a verse and twist it to say something that, that they never really meant to begin with. Um, and just like we looked at last week, uh, I'm going I'm to throw this passage back up on the screen in Acts chapter 17. We're told about the Bereans. It says, The Bereans were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, since they received the word with eagerness and examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So Paul came into this town called Berea preaching the word of God. And, and the Bereans said, hey, that, that's interesting. He got that, he got that response a lot. Paul, you're saying some weird stuff. We've never quite heard it this way. A lot of the cities just dismissed him. 
But Luke tells us in Acts that the Bereans searched the scriptures, examined the scriptures to see if these things were so. And look at the response. Consequently, many of them believed, including a number of the prominent Greek women as well as men. So they studied the scripture. And what happened when they studied the scripture? They got saved. It's amazing. And so look, let me tell you, if, you, if you've never read this, this book cover to cover, if you've never taken the Bible and, and read it, Genesis to, to Revelation, let me tell you what a joyful journey you, you're, you're missing out on. Yeah, there are some rough days, particularly when you get into Leviticus and Numbers. The, the, those, those can be a little, little, little tough at times. But let me tell you, man, it's a, it's a joy to, to at the end of the year sit down and, and shut, the book, shut the cover and say, man, look at, look at what I've done. In fact, we've got some reading plans back here still out on the, on the um, little podiums on your way out the door that's, that's 260 days. The, the way that works out is five days a week. And you're not going to read every single verse and every single chapter, but you're going to cover the vast majority of the Bible over the next year. And I would challenge you to do it and see what insights God opens to your, uh, God shows you through his word as we dive in, as we spend time in, uh, in his word. See, here's the thing about it. We don't have to wonder what God would say in so many situations to us because he's already spoken to us. He's already told us what he thinks on a lot of subjects. He's already told us how we're to live in our day. The secret for us then is not, not to sit there and wonder, well, I wonder what God would, would say about this, but to know what he's already said. Look at me at verses 4 through 6. He says, You are from God, little children, and you've conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. The one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. They're from the world, therefore what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. What John's saying here is, listen, God has spoken. The call for us then is to align ourselves in what God has already said. See, we shouldn't be surprised when the world acts like the world. You ever notice that? Church folk get really upset when lost people act lost. And that, that's my answer to most of the craziness that we experience in our world today. Why does it seem like we're losing our minds? Why does it seem like the world's lost? Because it's lost. That'd be like shutting all the lights off out in this room and telling people to scatter. And then we look at that and go, well, why did that, why, why did chaos ensue? I don't understand what happened. Because we're groping around in the dark. But we should be surprised when believers live like the world. We should be shocked and appalled when, when folks who claim to be saved act lost. So as, as we get ready to wrap up here this morning, um, the, the two things that we've looked at, we, we, we need spiritual discernment. They can only come from the spirit of Christ living 
in us. The, the Holy Spirit showing us his word, opening up the word to us in ways that, it's never, that, that we've never seen before. That only happens when we come to faith in Christ, when we step from death to life. And as I said earlier, that's, that's step one. And apart from that, we can't have what John says in verse 6, which is that we will know the, the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. So if you, don't, if you don't accept these things as truth, things like the truthfulness of God's word, uh, salvation by faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone, uh, things like the, Jesus is the one and only way to God, not Buddha, not Muhammad, not yoga, not a centering of yourself, but, but Christ alone, then the Bible, I think, would simply say that you've been deceived and you need to repent of sins and trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. That, that's step one. And so maybe, maybe you're here today and you're not, all, not sure about all this. Maybe, maybe you grew up in church and say, well, I, I, I walked an aisle and prayed a prayer when I was a kid. But I don't, I, I, if you haven't seen a lot of fruit in your life, I would just love to visit with you. No, I'm not saying you are or aren't. I, I would just like to, to visit and, and figure out where you are. I, I would encourage you to find a small group where we dig into God's word week in and week out. Find another believer, ask him to meet with you each week to dive into the word of God. Start reading the word of God, asking ask him to open your eyes as you do, and then see what happens. Maybe you're here and you say, no, I, I know, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm absolutely certain of that. But I'm not in the word of God the, the way I should be. What do I do? The answer to that is real simple. You dig in. Dig in, because here's the truth of, of what God's word um, does for us. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God, is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God, look at this, may be complete, equipped for every good work. There's no other tool that shapes us into the image of Christ like this book. Studies have shown consistently that um, for believers, the single biggest factor that helped them in their walk with Christ, that, that helped them grow in their knowledge and understanding of who God is, that helped them grow in their fellowship with one another, was simply reading the Bible. Simply reading the Bible. And, and God's Word, when, when we... When we're in it, when we're reading it prayerfully, asking God to open it up to us, he, he does what he said he would do. What's that? He corrects us. He rebukes us, teaches us, trains us in righteousness so that we might be complete and equipped for every good work. So here's, here's the last thing for, for the believer. Have you been deceived in some areas? Do you need to maybe this morning repent of having poor discernment or poor doctrine in some areas? Have you been listening to, to voices, in your, whether they're in your own life or a preacher on TV or a preacher on Facebook who, who's not sharing the gospel? Have you allowed some of that to take root in your life? And, and maybe you just need somebody to walk uh, walk you through the truths of God's word, either again or 
for the first time. If that's you, as I said, when we sing here in just a second, I'd love to pray with you and, and show you how you can begin to walk through the Word of God with some other people. Walk through it one-on-one with somebody else. And for the non-Christian, maybe you're here today and you say, no, I know for sure I'm not a, not a believer. Maybe today's the day that you repent of your sin and you trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If that's the case, as soon as we begin to sing, you come. Don't wait. Make today the day that you step from death to life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you for your word. I pray that as your people we would have discernment that can only come through the Holy Spirit. So so will you show us, um, when, when we hear messages, would you help us to filter that through your word and to know whether that's, that's something that's true that we need to listen to or something that we need to dismiss, not have any part of. Father, your word says in, in the book of James that if any of us lacks wisdom, we should ask God who gives uh, abundantly. And so we, we ask for wisdom today. We ask not just for discernment. We ask that, that our doctrine, our belief would be correct. And, and we know that happens as we come to know the word of God. And so as we dive in, as we read it, maybe as we come across passages that, that we've never spent time in, Pray that your Holy Spirit would be there teaching us and guiding us, rebuking us where we need it, correcting us where we need it, so that our lives as believers, so that we would be complete, so we would be equipped for every good work. Just as Paul says in, in 2 Timothy 2, 2, that we would be people who would be able to teach others who can teach others also. We know that we're lousy at so much of this on our own. And so we pray for your grace. We thank you for the grace that's available to us in Christ Jesus. We pray for forgiveness when we fall. We pray for strength to walk with you each and every day. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. We are located at 1100 Michigan Avenue in Alamogordo, New Mexico. We meet on Sundays for small groups at 9 a.m. and worship at 10.30. If you have more questions, please email office at fbcalamo.com or call 575-437-5510. Thank you for listening and may God bless you this week.